Welcome to the You Are Infinitely Loved podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Koos. We believe that loving yourself is the key to transforming every aspect of your life. And it's our hope that these conversations bring you one step closer towards embracing this truth. Hello, and welcome back to You Are Infinitely Loved, and you are. <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash, you are. <laughs> you And you are. Not just a slogan, not just a title. <laughs> we three have been talking quite a bit about, in the past year, from the beginning of the pandemic to now, how much our identity has been brought to the table, questioned, looked at, investigated, <laughs> Uh, and the changes we've all experienced as humans. Yeah. I think it's been a big time of change and transition for all of us. And I think I'm excited to kind of just, yeah, explore some questions together around how we have changed in the past 12 months and Mm -hmm. the things that we want to hold on to, the things that we want to release, and also just encouraging anyone listening to, to kind of take these questions and to reflect on them. For themselves. So mm-hmm. I think, I guess a great way to start is to look at, and maybe we can each answer this. So I don't know who wants to go first. <laughs> um, but to look at, if you think about who you, who you feel like you are today, and as we're recording this, it is the end of April, 2021. And think back to who you were pre-pandemic. So I guess February, 2020. Mm-hmm. And I guess what are the things that you feel like, wh- how have you changed in that 14 month period? Like if you had to describe who you are now versus who you were back then, what for you stands out as maybe an aspect of your personality that may have changed or a value mm-hmm. that may have changed, basically anything that comes to mind, how would you describe the difference that you see in yourself? Either one of you. <laughs> Well, Sam, I think before we even dive into that, there is this question of, do you feel as though you've changed? True. How have you been impacted? Um, I notice at work, I haven't had a single client who hasn't made a moderate to intense change in where they live, what they do, how they spend their day, who they're with. Mm. And... We were talking earlier, Sam, about the permission we have right now that we all are experiencing at the same time of some of us have much lower expectations from others on who we need to be for them or different expectations. Um, Or we only have a few expectations, you know, um, people that are in our home and people that we engage with at work, probably online. So it's interesting to notice that never in our lifetime have we had this space where expectation to be who we people need us to be is off the table. Mm. And so this is why I do think there has been so much identity shifting happening. That's just an amazing thing, right? It's, it's such a gift, but it's also, um, we don't have any resources of the last time this happened to, help us understand all of these changes. I think that's so interesting because I think that expectation and your identity, like they do kind of go hand in hand in that 
I think so many of us are perhaps living into the expectations of others, being someone Mm -hmm. that we think people need us to be, playing the different roles in our lives that, you know, whether it's socially, culturally, just within our families, we, we think we need to play. And so very often, just in life in general, you can get into this autopilot mode where you're just living into those expectations without even seeing that they're there or questioning whether they align for you, whether they're, whether that's how you want to be living. It just kind of becomes your mode of being. And then when those expectations are lifted, we start to question, uh, do, <laughs> do I need to be that person and do I need to, right. you know, do everything for everyone or whatever those things may be for you? And I think certainly in my case, you know, I've, I've had the chance to experience the lifting of expectations by moving country where nobody knows me and that's what is so liberating about that experience is that when you have mm-hmm. no one know you, you have zero expectations and you can be who you want to be. But similarly, what you're saying is, yeah, in this pandemic, so many of those expectations have been softened or lifted completely. And it gives people the space to kind of start seeing that they were even there to begin with and start questioning them. I think it's also important to look at how freaking terrifying that is. (laughs) You know, I think a part of it is like, oh, fun. Who are you going to be now? Let's have some identity change. Um, who Who are you really? But I also acknowledge that it is very terrifying if you've identified in one way for so long and now your being yourself is saying, yeah, I don't know about that. That doesn't really feel like it fits me anymore. Mm. But it's something that you've deeply identified with. Whoa, that's scary. It's super scary. And I think we Mm -hmm. should make the the point that there are certain – sometimes we let go or grieve or or lose an identity and it's not our choice to. You know, as in, right. there's probably a lot of people that have lost their jobs. Well, we know there are. Right. And so potentially that identity for the moment, whether it's completely lost or just not being expressed right now, that wasn't right. something they were in control of losing. Right. But, so there's there's the aspects that that maybe we we can let go of purposefully because they no longer serve us. And then there's the things that are taken, are outside of our control. And for me, an example of that is, you know, I strongly identify as a speaker and, and speaking is something that I love doing. And that is not something that I've been able to do in any way, shape or form in the pandemic. And so it's not that I'm no longer that, but I certainly haven't been in the last 14 months. And that's had a a big impact on, on my life and my mental Mm -hmm. health. And it's, it's not something that I've chosen. Right. And I do think, you know, the, there are two sides to this coin. This one side is maybe these identities have been taken from me and I hate it and it's scary and I don't want it. And the other side is, is there a possibility to blossom into who you really are and want to be in this next stage of life? And, you know, I, you know, I, I lean towards Pollyanna view and sometimes I can be quick to rush past grief and fix things. Um, to all my clients out there, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know I struggle in this way. Um, and so, again, I just want to be intentional about how we look at this. You know, um, can both things exist? The grief of of what we've lost. For some of us, it might be minor. Others might be huge. And also the joy of 
being curious. What could, what could I be now? Mm. What could be different? What sense of freedom or how can my values show up more when expectations of who I need to be, I can put them on the table and examine. Yeah. And I have permission to, we always have permission to do that, but especially right now. Yeah. So if we're going to get personal, <laughs> shall we? I'm always trying to get personal. <laughs> do we each have examples? I've got more than just speaker, but of elements of our identity or, and that could be anything that we've either lost or just haven't been able to express in the past 14 months. And then we'll get positive and focus on the things that, <laughs> that we want to be and that we've become. But for the moment, like for me, okay, I'll start. So obviously the speaker thing is one aspect. But also I feel like being an extrovert, that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge part of, of how I identify that hasn't been able to be expressed. It can be now because in Australia I'm very lucky that we don't have restrictions and lockdown at the moment. But for a long time that was not expressed. Um, Traveller, I see myself as a traveller. I have been, I have not been in one place for 12 months. The last time that happened was 2003. So that is an incredibly bizarre feeling for me to not be able to leave my country and that and it does feel like something that I I feel so completely not myself not being able to travel um Mm -hmm. so that feels strange yeah I guess they're they're kind of the the main ones that come to mind of like Mm -hmm. the extroversion the speaker the traveler that I haven't been able to express but I'm curious what yours might be well, this pandemic has been really good for me as an introvert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't really have to go see anyone. I can be more intentional about who I want to see. I don't know. What if I lost? Man, and you don't have to have lost anything as well. Like, I don't want to just assume that people have lost aspects of their identity. Maybe they haven't. Lindsay, what do you think I've lost? <laughs> well... I would say, you know, as parents, we've lost a lot of peace. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I would say coming out of this, I think Koos and I probably have more positives mm. that um, help us align more. I think we're we're in a phase right now where we're experiencing the joy of our values working out for us, you know, being like identifying what they are and going for it. And so with the pandemic, like our goal has been to be less busy, to not be a busy family mm. uh, for years. And so we've been working away and chipping away at that goal forever. And so um, it wasn't a, sh- a sharp, like, whoa, all of a sudden we were busy and now we're not. You know, it was nice actually in a lot of ways. And we spend a lot of time together as a family, some, some intentionally, some just that Coos works from home and we're home a lot together and we, you know, I don't know. Well, also for a while, we had the kids 24-7 with us. Right, right. And honestly, because of who our kids are and how their temperaments are, that wasn't as stressful, I think, as it's been for other families we've talked to. Um, for those of you that our don't kids, know their kids, they're quite incredible humans. <laughs> I mean, stop, stop, go on. They're like um, adults in mini bodies. They're so... <laughs> 
<laughs> my we don't know where they came from. They were calm and cool and just read a lot of books. <laughs> they are. Yes. I mean, having kids who are readers has paid off <laughs> this year. <laughs> no, but I just do think um, we moved to a new place. Mm. And currently, we have not made a whole lot of friends in our new town of Austin, Texas. And there's been some freedom in that, though. Mm -hmm. I thought that'd be scary or lonely. You know, we've got a couple of friends we spend time with. But instead, it's been, we've had to spend time with each other and ourselves. And for me, as an Enneagram 2, it's been a blessing in such a lot of ways of expectations, whether they're felt or real if I'm perceiving them or not, or haven't been there. Yeah. And so I've got to spend a lot of time with myself figuring out who am I when I'm not a helper? If I can't help right now or do the things I was doing before, what's there? Yeah. So again, positive and negative. You know, for me, it was a little scary to be like, am I okay? Am I a good person? Am I, if I can't serve and give and help, am I a good person anymore? Um. <laughs> strong Enneagram 2 conversation here. Uh, so, so much of what we chose was intentional. So it's hard for us to answer that question. Koos has had the same job. He got a new job, but it was not because he lost his job and it was a, a pleasurable move, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I feel um, I've been able to maintain my clients. My work has been good in some ways and really challenging in others. Being a therapist during a pandemic is like a whole mood. It's a whole thing, um, yeah. as the kids would say. So I guess the pain point for me is kind of wondering, am I supporting people? Am I doing enough? Mm. How good it feels to not be doing more? Yeah. And the guilt that kind of follows a little bit? Like, whoa, is this what it's like just to kind of... <laughs> well, I guess maybe leading off from that and what you're saying is I'm curious when and who knows when this will be but when life kind of resumes and I know it's like tempting to say as normal but what does that even mean but you know when when things go back to how they were will you be tempted or how much of that Enneagram 2 side of you will come out again or do you think that there has been enough reflection enough downtime enough introspection to be like actually I don't I want to keep these boundaries around my time for my family and and what I am willing mm -hmm. to give or not give. And like, I'm wondering, mm -hmm. you know, that, that part of you that, and of course you're still helping in everything that you do and your job as a therapist is like, you know, you, you can get your Enneagram too met there, but I'm just, I'm interested in whether you, you even think about whether you'll, you'll go back to old ways or, mm -hmm. or whether you're pretty comfortable with, you know what, this is, this has been a really good grounding in, in who I want to be and the boundaries that I want to keep for myself. Yeah. I've noticed that I want to be a helper in a more focused way. Mm. I want to have more boundaries around what that looks like that I didn't have before. And, you know, I'm always working on shoring up boundaries, getting more clear about what I'm available, what I can do, all that. But having the pleasure of not being overwhelmed has been really wonderful. Mm. The, the flip side of that is being underwhelmed. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do the same walk I've done every day for the past 300 days. I'm going to, you know, the predictability, the loss of 
excitement, entertainment, you know, is pretty numbing. Yeah. So I'm, you know, that part is, I think, hard for everyone. I think that's a, a, a statement we can we can easily say that being mm-hmm. underwhelmed and bored and monotonous. Yeah. Um, the same thing over and over again. Yeah. There's been this like teeter totter of overwhelm, like the beginning of the pandemic. Oh my gosh, overwhelm. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to make a mask now. We have to go to the grocery store in a mask. No one can leave our house. Like it was very overwhelming. Are we doing this right? Are we, you know, pandemicing right? <laughs> and now, you know, as months and months and months have gone by, years gone by, it really is the underwhelm of like, okay, we know what to do. We know how to use hand sanitizer and, you know, wear the masks and do the things. We know how, we know what to do. But my word, are we bored? Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I would, guess. I would say like traveling. We like traveling. That, totally. you know, for, you know, Sam, you, you know what it feels like. Yeah, where you just feel like you can't travel. Yep. I mean, for for it's you, cry myself to at sleep. One, <laughs> even for you, at one point, it was difficult because you couldn't leave your state. province, right? Yeah. State, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like in the U.S., yeah. if we we're like, oh, kind of, whatever. Let's go to the Grand Canyon, and we can still drive to the Grand Canyon. But we did they, not do that because we, we were being not. very safe. <laughs> Don't judge us. For you though, Sam, right? Like yeah. at one point you're like, I can't even leave my state. Yeah. For a big portion of last year. Yeah. And and then even it would, they would open up and then a week later the state border would shut. So you, you didn't even want to risk it because if you got to the other state, they could close it mm, and then you wouldn't be allowed be back. So yeah, you, it was a real weird experience. There's no domestic air travel in Australia. Let, you know, international is still and will be for us off off limits for the entire year but domestic has been very up and down as well yeah i think this would be a good time to say what part of us have we dropped Mm. what part have we decided to let go of Mm. good question Lindsay. (laughs) i feel like i have given less f word (laughs) about things You've given less F word about things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we have small children here. So, uh, <laughs> well, it's like, it, it's just a realization of, gosh, how do I even explain this? That life is so short. Don't take anything for granted. Why worry so much about what other people think of mm-hmm. me and what I'm doing? Yeah. I think both Goose and I have hit that one hard. Like just not caring so much what people think about us. Yeah, that's a better way to say it than mine. <laughs> I heard this on a podcast. He called it um, FOPO instead of FOMO, fear of other people's opinions. <laughs> exactly. I love it. We should do a whole episode on FOPO. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. Shout out, so, by the way, to Ben Crow. I feel like I always need to attribute uh, where I hear these things. That's, uh, yeah, he's a yes, amazing. That um, was an incredible yeah. podcast. Yeah. Sam had us listen to it and we were like, yes, 100%. <laughs> and I think that's a really, that's something that a lot of people will resonate with is I think a lot of people are really getting, whether they're articulating it or not, I think what you're speaking to there is like a honing in on what your values are and what really matters to you and what's really important yeah. and what isn't, you know, and, and what isn't is right. what anyone else thinks of, of your life choices and what you're doing and, 
And I think that's beautiful when we, you know, that that's a huge gift to come out of this pandemic for so many people is like, hang on yeah. a sec, you know, life is short and really what I want it to be about and what do, yeah. what do I want to do? Um, so I think that's wonderful. One thing our friends told us uh, was that with the pandemic, it's almost like a reset button on the friendships that we've had mm-hmm. prior to the pandemic too. Mm-hmm. Right. Makes you realize, okay, these are the, you know, you, you talk about the tier one, tier two, tier three friends. Right. Mm-hmm. You kind of be like, okay, you know what? Maybe I didn't want that type of friendship anymore. Yeah. After the pandemic or, you know, when it, it's still better. Yeah. 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 Because you're often hanging out with people because it's convenient and you are allotting a lot of time to maybe that and to notice, whoa, I only want to spend time with people that are a good, deep, healthy connection. I don't want to allot the time I do have mm-hmm. um, with ill-fitting relationships. Yeah. So, Sam, this is awkward, but you're out. You didn't make the cut. <laughs> you imagine. Surprise. We're dumping you on the podcast. The friendship oh is my, over. Oh my word! <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm a hundred percent kidding, and you know it. I know you are. I think. Yeah. Going back to the the original question, when you Lindsay asked what what did you, what, ask? are you dropping? what am I dropping? Yeah, I was like, what am I dropping? And and what is really interesting is like what came up for me was I think. Again, I strongly identify as um, as an optimist, and I still identify as an optimist um, and someone that's positive. And for all the work that I do in mental and emotional health, and in just in you know trying to to I guess speak about and teach people about well being, physical, mental, and emotional, and trying to normalize that and trying to make people feel that it's okay. I've always been very good at that with other people, but I've always identified as not that I don't have struggles, <laughs> but as someone who I've been through difficult times and now I'm kind of, I'm out of it. Like I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm on the other side. I'm on the other side. And so I can be this empathetic guide for you who understands where you're at, can, can, be a safe space, can talk to you about it, can make you feel okay about it, um, but I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And I think for the first time, like, again, letting go of that and go- and being okay with kind of being a bit more public about, you know, I'm not, I'm not really mentally okay right now. I'm not emotionally okay. I'm struggling. And that doesn't mean that I can't still be a coach and be there for other people. I think I thought mm-hmm. if I'm, if I have mental health struggles and if I'm struggling with depression, which I would say that I am at the moment, I think I thought that makes me unable to mm. offer that space for anyone else. And to see I can be both, like mm-hmm. it doesn't define me. And I think for the first time it, I'm like, oh, wow, there's still as much as I talk about they're not being like, let's normalize it. Let's not have a stigma about it. Clearly there even was within me because I didn't want to talk about 
the fact that I'm not okay. I don't want people to know that. I don't, I, I don't want to share that because I think the clients coming to me need to know that I'm okay and that I've got their back mm-hmm. and that I can be, and, right. and just going, I can still be a support and I'm also allowed to not be okay myself. Well, to mm-hmm. not that I'm not okay, but to reach out for my own help and for my own support and right. to say publicly, you know what, I too am struggling. I'm finding this really hard. Um, yep. So, yeah, that's what I'm dropping is like the need to be positive and completely mentally healthy. <laughs> right. So to be human, allowing yourself to be human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've been what a huge think- part of that, you know, just giving me permission to our off-air conversations. Our off-air conversations. Which one? This one? This one? <laughs> Both of you. Both of you have been a huge support. And, you know, this podcast is such a such a joy for me and I, and I love doing it. But, you know, as you know, a lot of our conversations when they're not on this microphone is, is me crying to you both about where I wish I was and what I wish I was doing in the world and how I just am not really okay right now and mm-hmm. it's been huge to be able to do that and and have supportive mm-hmm. friends you know and Sam I would say that's such a, I don't want to sound trite but it's really courageous just to own your humanness yeah. and to allow yourself not to be um, what you think other people need you to be you know mm. that you can be both that you're a completely complex human and you get to be an amazing coach, which you are, and you also get to be hurting and suffering along with what's going on with the world, the way it is. Mm. And I'm realizing now, as we're talking about this, that I think so much of the stigma, certainly for me, is this really unfair and untrue um, belief that if I am struggling mentally, that I'm somehow incompetent Mm -hmm. and how many people probably feel that way, which is why we don't talk about it in our workplaces. We don't say I have depression or I have anxiety or I have whatever because there is a certain belief that if you do not have your mind in order, that you are not competent as a human, which which is so, so untrue. Like right. if you can't get your shit together, how can you expect yourself to help other? Right. Totally. Right. And what's funny is, you know, well, it's not funny. I was just thinking like, that's almost like saying doctors can't get sick. <laughs> You're right. It is. Yeah. But we don't expect that. We're like, well, we're all going to be sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At some point, we'll feel unwell. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that we're not a doctor anymore or we're not a, a, a great you lose coach your license. Anymore, a therapist anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sam, I think, too, so much of the pain and suffering is from us having to hide um, our humanness. Yeah. And that's where this podcast, I think, you know, a huge point for us, the purpose of this is, how do we offer self-love and self-compassion and 
you know, self-love not as like, go take a bubble bath and put your feet up, you know, no. But what does self-love look like when it's really complicated? Mm. You know, because I will say, you know, if I can share a little bit of our private combos um, <laughs> off, off mic, it just seems as though I've never, even when you've been struggling and feeling down and, and hurting, suffering, there still is the thread of self-compassion and self-love that is so bright, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm not okay right now, but I'm okay, you know, and I'm taking good care of myself and I know who to reach out to. And, and so just to kind of even notice that this is years of you doing the self-love and self-compassion work, mm. cradling you right now and holding you as you're walking through this. That's- and so it's just endorsement again for the work of self-compassion and self-love. This is what it looks like. It, it is wonderful when you're feeling great and it's rocket fuel for when you're thriving. And it also is a home to live in and to be safe in and to be well cared for when you're suffering. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's so true. And it's, I think, even more important. Like, you know, when do we need self-compassion more than when we're, mm-hmm. than when we're struggling? And I think you're right. And I thank you for reflecting that back to me because I feel like if I reflect on other moments in my life where I have had um, mental health struggles and, and struggles with depression in my like teens and early twenties, and I didn't have these tools available, it was such, Mm -hmm. it was so such a darker story, you know, because you're right throughout all of this, the reason why I can still kind of feel feel okay through it all is that I have such a you know I I get up I go for my walks I go to the ocean I do my gratitude practice I talk to myself like I would a best friend I don't beat myself up for my lack of productivity or when I do it's more that when I do I hear it and I go "Mm, it's okay it's okay that you're not as productive right now you're really Mm -hmm. struggling you've been through some hard stuff and I can talk myself like yeah, talk to myself like I would talk to a friend going through it. And there's no mm-hmm. way I did that in my 20s. You know, I went mm-hmm. straight to you're pathetic. What are you doing? Like get mm-hmm. your shit together. Yuck. Like sort yourself out. It was, And it was an awful, awful experience. And that's probably why there's right. been some fear for me now finding myself back there because I, I equate mental health battles with that time. And, and now to hear you say, oh, yeah, but you have self-compassion. I'm like, oh, you're right. And that's why it has felt yeah. different. Right. Yeah, I think that growth, like just it's really interesting to see, to hear this other part of you talking to you, <laughs> like walking you through like, hey, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're fine. This is normal. Yeah. Just, yeah. It'll be okay. Right. Before, like you said, before you just beat yourself up, right? Like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm so dumb. Get your life together, to right? And I think that's like a real change in the way that I that I see mental health as well. In that, I think before I had this idea of it, like, yeah, almost like there was something broken in the brain or in the mind or or whatever. And now I see it as like this is an appropriate response to a very difficult time. Yes. Yep. <laughs> like it's not yeah. an illness. It's actually a very human response to a lot yes. of, 
you know, not just the pandemic. I mean, there's just been, as we all know, so much just, you know, social upheaval, political upheaval, like people noticing how broken systems are, like racism, mm-hmm. healthcare, like everything has been thrown at us. And yeah. and if the response is not some level of grief and sadness, like, yep. yeah, I just think, of course, like our, yeah, it, it's just a natural human response. Whereas before I think I thought something's broken or wrong with me. Right. I would say my most used phrases right now at work as a therapist are that makes sense, that fits, and that's an appropriate feeling and response to what you experienced. Yeah. You know, um, again, I've said this before on the podcast, but imagine if Oprah Winfrey came out with a book this year saying how to live your best life. Yeah. We would have been like, uh, Oprah, read the room, not a port, like save that one, put the shelf it for a minute because it would have been like so tone deaf. Yeah. And so the same is true. Just noticing it's okay to not be okay mm. when you know you're going to be okay. Yeah. When you know that you've got the tools to carry you through, you know, and And again, Sam, I would say it doesn't seem like you've been having to make these really hard muscle flexes around self-compassionate and self-loving talk. It is just your native tongue at this point. That's really true. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. so, and, and in that way you think, oh, isn't that like, what a gift the last five years has been (laughs) of of being so saturated in that work. Cause it's like almost of course, none of us want a pandemic, but what a time for it to come. Like when I, when these things are second nature to me and not something that yes. I have to really work at anymore. I'm just like, oh, right. there's the critical voice. Let's change it. Oh, that, you know, it's so, and even I'm, yeah, I just have these natural re- reflexes of put your hands yes. on your heart, like talk to yourself gently, like take a rest, mm-hmm. have a nap, like all these things that, yeah, before right. weren't habits and now they are, right. they're my go-to, you know, this little yep. self-compassion toolbox. And, you know, I just think wherever you are to our listeners, does the work of learning the tools of self-compassion and self-love pay off a hundredfold, you know, over and over and over again, you will never regret taking the time, making the effort towards becoming more self-loving. There is literally nothing um, you could do that would be more impactful for your life. Nothing. And I don't say that lightly. (laughs) Right. Nothing, nothing. There's no side effect. There's no (laughs) hardship that will be attached to it. But if there was a pill you could take that would say, hey, when you go through hard times, you're going to be able to be your best friend and talk yourself through it and get the help you need when you need it and do all the things. Um, your suffering is going to be cut significantly. Um, would you take that pill? Uh, yeah, yeah sure would. Right. And so yeah. I think, you know, it's been beautiful to watch you, Sam, obviously not suffering, <laughs> but it's been, it's, it just has been a good lesson for me mm. to say, even in suffering, this shit works. It, it pays off, you know, to do all this front loading of um, if you're available to do the work of exploring what it means to be kind to yourself and to be self-loving and treat yourself like a best friend, um, we've got some data here. <laughs> yeah, um, that it's 
incredibly helpful. Oh, it's so helpful. I can't, yeah, it's such a different experience to the last time that I would say I experienced a similar level of suffering and just the way that I'm treating myself through it is it's completely different and it's, yeah, it feels really, and I think it goes back to, you know, I started that point by saying I identify as an optimist and I think one of the things about optimism that, again, I had wrong is like optimism is not this positive thinking. Optimism is a belief that you have some kind of say in making making a different outcome, that you have an ability mm-hmm. to make things better than they currently are. It's not everything's yeah. rosy. It's, again, it's yeah. that growth mindset of I can get through this. Like I'm in it right now, but I know that this too shall pass and I can get there. And so even through <laughs> suffering and, and depression and grief, I am still and can be an optimist because I know I can, I will, I'll make it and it'll pass. Yep. Sam, I know it takes courage to share when you aren't feeling yourself all the way and your best. Hmm. But I do know that every time we use our voice to share our truth and to share what we know and we're learning and who we are, the sky gets a little brighter. Yeah. So you are the sunshine in my life. You know, I mean, Coos, <laughs> I love you dearly. You know, <laughs> but I'm the sunshine, Coos. <laughs> what can you be? I'll be the moon. Yeah, perfect. I got my whole solar system here. But you know, Sam, I just want to honor how you show up in the world, and I want the world to know that the way you talk on this podcast is really who you are and how you live and your optimism, which I would say, is it really realism? You know, (laughs) I don't know. Um, Your optimism is really beautiful and healthy and contagious and your truth ripples, you know, ripples out the, the sunbeams reach others. And even when you're feeling dark, these sunbeams still reach out and for our listeners, you know, just to notice um, being human and talking about being human is the cure. That's how we move forward through all the things that we're suffering through right now. If we're doing some solar system <laughs> story, even the sun has dark spots. Stop it. Get out of here. <laughs> they don't make the sun shine any less bright. Get out of here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for those for those kind words. I feel like this has turned into um yeah, this is not where I saw this podcast going. But this is the beauty of this podcast is that <laughs> the, na- the our unprepared nature of it means that anything can come out. <laughs> but it's been really great to be able to explore you know, just the start of this, these ideas around identity with you and to, to have it kind of becoming clear to me in real time. It's not like, as I say, I didn't plan on saying this stuff, but this is what came up for me. And so I think for all of our listeners to reflect on those questions of, we didn't get through many today, but (laughs) what, (laughs) either what identities 
have you lost um, or parts that haven't been expressed, but also what are the things that are really becoming clear to you that, that matter, that are important? What are the values mm-hmm. that you're really kind of honing in on through this time and, and how are you changing now that there may be less expectations on you of who you need to be mm-hmm. right now? And, uh, yeah, what do you want to let go of? And Permission to explore. Exactly. And to always, as we keep saying, do it with a, with a lens of openness and curiosity and self-compassion. You know, who could you be? Like it's an exciting thought. So we will leave you with that. And there will be more episodes on identity, transition, change. Just getting started. We've got a really great <laughs> one coming up with Lindsay. It's going to be amazing talking to her about an aspect of her identity that she has moved away from. Spoiler, spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So thank you everyone for listening. And yeah, if you have any stories that you want to share with us, just pop on over, slide into our DMs. I'm learning, I'm learning the lingo coos over (laughs) at you are infinitely loved and we will be with you with another episode shortly. Thank you for listening to this episode. Our hope is that each day you feel more connected to the knowledge that you are infinitely loved. If you want to continue this conversation, you can find us at yourinfinitelyloved.com.